You know what I think cruel is? Leaving your loved ones to die in some sterile hospital room surrounded by strangers. Fuck that. Put them in the movies. <laughs> what? You want your grandmother dying like a little bird in some hospital room? Her translucent skin so thin you can see her last heartbeat work its way down her blue vein. Or do you want her to meet Chuck Norris? Why be so selfish as to deprive her of that thrill? Don, how come you dressed my grandmother up as a mugger? Shut up and get off the set. Action. Push her towards Chuck. Wow, he kicked her head right off her body. Did you see that? Did you see my Grammy? She's out of her misery. I just saw the greatest fucking movie of my life. Cool. Whatever we do here, we yeah. need to make Roman look strong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's number one priority yeah. for the entire world right yeah, we now. Need, we need to, you know, we need to make Menaheim look, look strong. We need, yeah, we need Menachem. Menachem, sorry. Menachem. All right. I, I, Say it like you're from the West. I am from the West. <laughs> I know what are you, you talking are. about? Yeah, but you're, you're, you're going on like you're, fr you know, like you're, that's yeah. Menahem. Come on now. All right. But, Menachem. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there you go. Menachem. Like, like, like Menachem Golan from yeah. Lochray. From Lochray. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. That's what we're going I like for. it. I hope if you're listening that you um, know who Canon Films are, and I hope you're kind of familiar with uh, this kind of whole podcasting, talking about movie thing. Uh, we are going to be, we're going to call this show the Canon Canon Podcast because we're going to discuss the films in the Canon Films Canon, if you will. Yeah, and we just like the pun. Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. pun, uh, the Can Can. Yeah, all the deal. But uh, yeah, basically, this isn't going to be a review podcast. This is a discussion podcast. Yeah, where we 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 will trawl through the highs and lows of the Canon Direct to Video Vault, and uh, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to watch the movie. Hope, we'll hope you will watch along with us. Mm. Basically, uh, we like. We both recently watched Electric Boogaloo, the untold story of Canon Films, the documentary. Yeah. And um, I think we both kind of realized we were both like, we're like oh yeah, we're Canon guys. Oh, yeah. actually, I should probably introduce ourselves. Yes. Uh, I go by the internet handle of Johnny Capcom. I hope some of my listeners from We Talk Games and Sidecast have followed us over. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be going out on the giant media ball anyway, so... Uh, we should have. We'll be in there, you know. The people. I'm, I'm one of the Wiggly Rogues galleries, and uh, anyone who's probably subscribed to the um, 
the giant media balls should know who Wiggly yeah. is, and hopefully by proxy will know who I am. It's it's just like a big internet bullet club. Yes, really. e- exactly. I accept we're all like. Well, you'd be more like say Big LG, yeah. but I am literally Wiggly's Marty Janetti. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I see myself as. And uh, oh yeah, we're wrestling fans like oh, fucking crazy. Yes. But um, anyway, we're not going to talk about wrestling until we need to, yeah. because um, you know we're going to need to talk about Terry Funk in over the top eventually. Absolutely. And uh, this isn't a chron- chronological mm. um, journey through the canon. Yeah. Canon basically. We're going to do them as we see them. Like, you know, we're, we we want to kind of explore all the genres that Canon offered, such as sex picture. Uh, I'm looking forward to those. those that, like uh, Bolero is one, of course. Oh, we're, dear Lord. Uh, we're looking forward to um, the the teen comedy. Oh, uh, yes, yes. You know, uh, the, like, like the last American virgin. And the lemon jellies of the, the world. The lemon jellies, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> looking forward to the sex comedies because it means I get to watch them without my girlfriend giving out to me. Yeah, and on top of that, it gets you to, like, porn has made them irrelevant. Yeah. Like, Bo Derek wouldn't have a career anymore. Oh, hell no. Unless she's in, like, the asylum. Yeah. Whereas, like back in the day, like there was no chance of seeing a dick go in in Ireland. No. You know, you need no. you needed Emmanuel, man. You needed like oh, you know. I th- I think I might have told you this before. You know all those Shannon Tweed movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I was full sure that the only way you could have sex was if you were an undercover cop <laughs> or hunting a serial killer in a strip club. Yeah. That was the only way you could have sex because it was the only <laughs> thing I'd ever been exposed to. I figured you needed to be like Elias Cateus in Erotica. What, just creepy as hell. And a junkie uh, (laughs) who spins cherry pie for strippers. Absolutely. While a serial killer stalks the place. Yeah. You know, America has a lot to answer for when it comes to sex and violence. Yeah, you're weird in the head, America. (laughs) Weird um, in the head. Weird depictions of uh, sex. I I must say, man, I wasn't, until I watched that documentary, I wasn't familiar with canon as a thing. Because I'm I'm not one of those people who follows studios. Yeah. I just like, I just watch movies. Well, the thing is, like, I've been thinking about this while getting ready to do this podcast. Like, uh, canon films, for me, like, they're weird because they were always there. It's like a Ryan and Carol Coe. And I, I, like, but canon's films were everywhere when I was a kid. And I think the reason being, like, I'm 29, you're 30. Yeah. uh, When we were, like five and six in 1990 the entire canon canon was on vhs and regularly broadcast on television oh god yeah so you were drenched in this stuff yeah and i mean i grew up in a charles bronson house like my (laughs) ma loves her a bit of charles bronson you know what i mean Uh, like and that's the thing like we're sadly gonna have to talk about the dead wish sequels but we're gonna leave yeah for now but, uh, I don't fancy talking about those just yet. No, you do have to, a uh, feminist girlfriend. Yeah, I um, need to. I, I need. To, and to be honest, those films made me more a feminist than she ever has. Yeah, because uh, wow. But anyway, we'll we'll get into that. And I mean, the thing is about the more troubling aspects of canon films, and there there are many. Like uh, sexual assault is featured in quite a few of them. And all yes, that. we're not going to. We're not going to dismiss them, and we're not going to censor this stuff, but we're not going to talk about it in depth, because what we want to do is just have a bit of fun, and want you to have a bit of fun, but we're not uh, dismissing it or washing over it, but it's an upsetting topic, and we're just not going to go into it in depth, because, look, you know what happens. If you know anything about canon movies, you know that it's got these troubling elements, and we're just, it's not that we're going to wash over it, as I said, we're just going to, we're just going to breeze by it, because we want you to have fun, as much fun as we have. Yeah. Watching these movies, I'll say this in the in the documentary Electric Boogaloo, 
there seemed to be like a stigma attached to canon movies in America at least yeah. like they were like a trash studio to me they were just as relevant as anybody else absolutely like I mean we, we don't discriminate between trash movies and and what, what would be considered you know contemporary fare yeah like uh, one of my one of my all time favourite movies is the, lad, the Last Broadcast and I don't think anyone has ever seen that because it was just made on like a budget of about like 10 grand yeah well and, that that's the thing though it's like when you've got when you're a kid and you're watching movies like i explained this to my friend ralph like he says to me like he's like he couldn't believe i knew who rudy ray moore was really and, yeah but well, like he's all might the king of harlem yeah exactly but i said to, i had to say to him like i was like ralph look you gotta understand man like there's no such thing as black and white films in ireland like films for black people and white people we raw white. <laughs> yeah, there were no black people. Yeah, was, That's, you know, unless there was a specific type of movie just for Paul McGrath. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, he and Terry Feeling on the bus yeah, watching uh, they, fucking, you know, Caged Heat. Yeah, they, they booked <laughs> off one screen of the Rialto every Saturday afternoon. But uh, no, there wasn't a thing. Like, there was no... We just got videos. Like, Larry Myler used to drive his video van around to my estate. Like, <laughs> and, and we didn't give a fuck. Like, we were just like, Masters of the Universe, fucking Gone with the Wind. It's all the same to us. Like, it's just... Um, like, there was no differentiation shall we say like they were all just movies yeah. there was no black movies no white movies there were there was no cheap movies there was no expensive movies like you obviously you'd watch say Raiders of the Lost Ark and go that was great yeah. but at the same time you'd also watch like American Ninja 3 and go that was great oh hell yes <laughs> and we will fucking get into American Ninja oh. 3 and 4 and the rest oh I, I have some rants I have some <laughs> thoughts about that movie that need to be shared with the world but uh the, the, like today like we're, we, as I said we're going to skip we're going to go through every genre that mm. canon did and we're going to go try and go through every film canon have done which is a hard task yeah we're going to be pension age by the time we get yeah, to yeah they made like 500 million films yeah. or something but you know we'll we're just going to have fun as we see it mm. you know uh, we're not going to go through se- uh, series all of one like you know I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't advise watching Dead Wish 2 to 5 oh. you know uh, unless you were thinking I wouldn't mind killing myself and probably assaulting someone on the way out <laughs> but um, yeah we're not going to go through them but today we, we decided to, to start strong yeah and um, we, we we decided to start with Invasion USA oh yes fucking please oh yes oh yes oh yay you know and uh this of course uh, is a what year did this movie uh, this came out in 1985 okay uh, I, mean, I, I have some yeah, yeah I have some details here it was uh directed by uh, Joseph Zito uh, the man who went on to direct the missing in action movies okay uh, starring Richard Lynch Melissa Prophet, and of course, the man, the myth, Chuck Norris. Yes, indeed. The weekend it came out, it was actually number one at the box office. Now, granted, this was only for one week. It fucking plummeted after that. (laughs) No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target... America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. 
work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. Basically, this film, uh, it's in 1980s, uh, kind of a gung-ho American movie. Uh, yeah. Kind of like a more fun version of Red Dawn. Uh, yes. But, uh, <laughs> I remember, I have it in my notes here. Within about the first, one of the first notes I have is, this plot is Nigel Farage's fucking fever dream. <laughs> um, if it was like Invasion UK. Yeah. But, uh, Except, if, you know, just Pol- Polish brickies instead of like, <laughs> co- communist anarchists or whatever they were. Just coming in off the ships yeah. and just knocking up houses in Bristol and knocking yeah. them right. So <laughs> I love this movie because it, it embraces every trope of the 1980s action film. All right, well, we'll get to that in yeah. a second, all right? We'll get into the main discussion. Oh, that, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But uh, no, we're first going to talk about Chuck Norris for a few oh, minutes. Yeah. I mean, Chuck Norris is kind of an internet legend these days because, like, of the Chuck Norris facts jokes and stuff. Yeah. But to me, like, I think a lot of people who were sharing those jokes didn't seem to understand why Chuck Norris was a thing. Yes. Like, I, I knew a lot of people who were just like, Oh yeah, Chuck Norris, I don't know, shit's fucking stars or whatever it was like, yeah. you know. But and it was just like this loose idea of who Chuck yeah. Norris was. I, Whereas I mean I grew up, yeah. I'm sure you did, having one of my favourite TV shows being Walker fucking Texas oh, Ranger. God, yeah. The bit where he start where he stared down the bear. Yeah. It's like yes. And on top of that, Chuck Norris was the special enforcer for the return match between the Undertaker and Yokozuna. That's and, right, yes. And he kicked Jeff Jarrett in the head. And, I mean, I was like, wrestling and Walker, Texas Ranger are clearly both 100% real now. Yes. So, Dear God, yes. <laughs> but, uh, like, Chuck, that was on the downswing of Chuck. Mm. Uh, because back in the day, you went to TV to die, essentially. Yeah. As opposed to now, where you go to TV to do your best work. But, um, yeah, like, at that point in time, Chuck Norris had been, a, like, a VHS megastar. Like, he... I think an invasion USA is yeah. in the middle of his yeah. fucking prime years, and, and there's the missing in action se- series. Yeah, um, of of course, uh, Game of Death, which he was phenomenal. No, no, no. no, no, no. Which he, one was it? Again? He actually was in Game of Death yeah. because they used footage from Way of the Dragon. Way of the Dragon, yes. Yeah, because that was his first movie. He was in movies like uh, Force of One. Um, well, and others that I can't quite recall. And right who now. can forget Forest Warrior? Yeah, but, oh, <laughs> but look, it, Canon made him into a star. Yeah, Canon like films put this guy in a launch pad, and he's the perfect guy for Canon because he can kick and stare, and that's you know <laughs> that's yeah that's essentially his range. Yeah, and he he just. I don't know what it is about Chuck. He became a star. He actually legit was a star. Yeah. Like, he's a joke now. Mm. He sadly is a joke now. I mean, the guy's a bit of a dick as well, like when you talk about his personal politics yes. or whatever. But we're not going to get into that because that's not well, the place for this. Well, but, uh, the, the reason Chuck was as big as he was was that Chuck was legit a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chuck was... He held the professional middleweight karate championship six years in a row. World. Uh, world, yeah. Uh, he was. He holds black belts in karate, Chun Kuk Do, and in 1990 became the first Westerner to rise to the rank of eight degree black belt grandmaster in Taekwondo. Oh, you know he is legitimately a badass, and even if he has the range of a half filled water pistol, <laughs> you know that 
when he kicks you in the face, if his if his control is off, your head's coming off. Yeah, I mean, if I, I think I, I said this to you earlier on. If I was to describe Chuck Norris, he's an action BG. Yes, he's got, dear lord, yes. He's got like this, like fly away a beard, yeah. and uh, and like the BGs, you know, he didn't stick around. There, you know, it was straight in. Do what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, just uh, again, imagine like one of the BGs who's just like, he's like an amalgam of all three BGs, but like that with like George the Animal Steel's body hair yeah. and like just fast feet. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, I bet he could dance if he tried. Oh, no doubt. And, no uh, doubt. Yeah, I'm sure he had his own nights on Broadway, lame pun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, Chuck is the star of this movie. Um, and I think I, I, what I want to talk about before we get into the main uh, swing of the film is like, you know, what we expected from this movie. Like, because you would have watched the trailer. What, yeah. were you th- what were you thinking you were going to get from Invasion US? I was, I was expecting a big, dumb action movie. Yeah. And it more than delivered. Uh, I. I I was very pleased with what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what, what were you expecting? I'll be honest, with you, I didn't know. I was kind of hoping for, like, I, I was just hoping for a couple of moments. Because, like, I remember when I used to watch, like, the Asylum movies. I was just like, I, I don't need you to make a great movie. I just need you to make me laugh, like, three times. Oh, hell yeah. And this is what I was kind of expecting for this. I was also, like, I don't know, I expected a little bit of unintentional humor and uh, I, th- I think once we get into the meat of this yeah, uh, uh, yeah we got some and uh, oh hells yeah from from there we might as well fucking hit the credits Absolutely. and get into the meat of discussion okay of Chuck Norris's 1980s opus Invasion USA Okay, and we're back. Uh, hope you didn't get blown away too much by whatever is in there, because we're not, we're not going to edit this. Uh, we got someone else editing this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being really nice to him. I'm not mentioning him by name, because I know he'd probably get all weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Invasion USA, uh, as I said, we're not going to review this movie. We're just going to discuss it. It's a big difference. It's just conversation. It's yeah. not a kind of review. But uh, it starts out with... I mean, I'll be honest with you, I got confused because I watched this on an illegal streaming site like any normal person would. And um, basically, I was there going, wait a minute, have I stumbled into an actual documentary about Ronald Reagan's 1980s foreign policy? <laughs> because it starts out with the US Coast Guard just arbitrarily massacring Cuban immigrants. Yeah. And, uh, there, there was like a... I, I remember watching that and it's like a, a small kid going... You know, are we going to make it, Dad? Yeah. And the dad going, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, what have I have I signed up for Schindler's List or something <laughs> yeah. here? This is very fucking grim. Oh, if Chuck Norris had been in Schindler's List, oh, it yeah. would have been um, it would have been called Schindler's Fist. <laughs> he would have, you know Asylum, get on it. Yeah, he would have just been like, You're the master race, well I'm the master of seven different forms of kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> it starts out with a with a massacre of these poor Cuban immigrants trying to get to America and uh, Rostov we get our first images of Rostov who uh, appears on the boat and says Bienvenido in United States uh, or whatever something similar to that effect basically welcome to the United States and all the Cubans go yay 
hey, let's get on the ball. And then just because he's a cunt, he kills them. Yeah, he like, just mows them all down. Yeah, him and all these boys. Mm. Just like, they could have just killed him anyway. Yeah. Instead of they're going, nah, make him feel it. <laughs> you know? And as well as that, after the last body is dropped, there's still about another 12 or 13 more rounds that go in. Yeah, it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Why? That's just excessive. <laughs> it's, you're, you're, you know, I immediately think this guy's a douchebag. Again, I think that they were just following Reagan's uh, foreign policy. Oh, hell yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's that's up for discussion like, mm. uh, by more politically minded persons than myself. But uh, then we cut from that and we go straight into Chuck Norris' beard flapping in the wind. Yeah. Just, like, on a hoverboard, the most boring fucking credit sequence <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen. It's literally Chuck Norris going home. Yeah. And that's what it's it is. It's him holding a stick, looking grim. Yeah. With his, with his pectorals out. That's, that's as much of a... However... If you want to establish that a film is in the motherfucking USA, yeah. right, you better just have Chuck Norris driving. Yeah, it <laughs> like, doesn't matter what he's driving. Because yeah. something tells me, right, he ain't in some fucking commie pink old country like Ireland. No, right? he's not driving a Skoda, I'll no. tell you that. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> <laughs> a Skoda fucking hovercraft. Uh, a Lada or a Yugo or something. Yeah, well, no, the thing is, as I said, the credits are boring as fuck, yeah. but it did uh, something sprang out at me when I was watching it, and that is that Chuck Norris fucking wrote this movie, more or less. Yeah, uh, himself and his brother Aaron. And uh, Aaron, Aaron Norris, he went on to direct a couple of Chuck's movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidekicks, Forest Warrior. You know, the ones that are like really gratuitous in how over-the-top, insanely badass Chuck Norris is. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I, <laughs> I blame Aaron Norris for the Chuck Norris facts. I Well, I'm surprised, like, when you watch, like, Sidekicks and stuff. I'm surprised this is not like loving shots of Chuck's junk. Yeah, pretty you much. Know, like he's sweet underdick. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, it was, it was the nat- it was the logical conclusion to that movie because that was ninety minutes of getting teabagged by Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah. But, right down to the point where the kids under him on a rope or something. Yeah, I seem to remember. Uh, Fuzzy's name, uh, Suicide Guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. John, Jonathan Bendis. Uh, John Bendis, man, that was, he was a cool guy. I wanted to hang out with him when I watched Sidekicks. <laughs> like I was like, fucking. He's in Sequest. He's in, uh, you know, he's in fucking Jonathan yeah. Brian Bendis. That, no, that's the comic guy. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, Jonathan Brandis. Brandis. That was it. Uh, my good friend Mel from the US uh, mm. had a big old crush ski on uh, yeah. on him and his dolphin in Sequest DSV with Roy Scheider, I believe. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> fucking back on the point. Back right? on to point. Back but, uh, on to point. But uh, yeah, man, Chuck is fucking rocking through the Everglades. Yeah, because it's set in uh, Miami or Florida yeah. or some bullshit. Before before <laughs> the before the meat of this story starts off, there's just gratuitous shots of Chuck doing manly shit. I'll say this though, they're a bit lackluster. Yeah. Because when you compare this to the opening of Commando... Oh, yeah. You know, which, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is literally just a big molten Mars bar of muscle walking down the hill with his logs. Well, like, this is just literally Chuck going, uh, yeah, gonna make good time. Well, in, fair, in fairness, uh, Chuck's first dialogue scene in this film, mm-hmm. it's him and his ethnic mate, more on that later, Yeah, him and his ethnic mate wrestling a goddamn alligator. They, yeah, that's, that's... You know, that... I mean, if anything... It's not as visually impressive as the commando opening, but yeah. it's just it's just as lethal. It's yeah, I suppose. Like the thing is though, this is pure like Menachem Golan, like just fucking look who that is, that's Chuck Norris. Because we don't that's his first appearance. I mean he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Right? And this is a big problem this film has, right? I don't know why any of this is fucking happening. Yeah. Alright? Because 
like first of all we have the Rostov doing the doing the dirt on the poor Cubans but uh like then we have Chuck just driving around and it's just there going of course he's, like there's no more justification for him being the hero of this movie than he is Chuck Norris yeah but um, anyway we we move from that to the best scene in the movie sadly you know this is kills the rest of the film for me alright right? because we get into uh, Rostov's drug deal scene because yeah. on the boat they they lift a bunch of coke from underneath the um, the the Cuban ship and basically Rostov from what I can tell is bringing the coke to this guy to get money to get boats to get invading the USA yeah it starts out with uh, a David Lynch villain this kind of slick back scumbag who's yeah. like silently evil he just yeah you know he just looks like somebody who'd post on like you know r slash mra or something you know what i mean yeah he looks like that kind of guy or like r slash pickup tips you <laughs> yeah. know he, but, he looks like the kind of guys like you know have i have i opened up enough have i got enough rapport yeah can i move into escalation now yeah ne- he looks like a nigger yeah you know that probably it that is not racist okay no nigger <laughs> ne- a person who negs yes that's anyway um he uh, he's there and he's like hey rostov i'll give you some cocaine or no here's the cocaine give it to my girlfriend and this poor woman like she's there snorting the co- well not poor she's switchblading for a few minutes yeah but rostov again doesn't explain what he's going on and then this guy uh, he says something racist and calls up rostov's buddy who's unpacking weapons and uh, basically what happens is this guy gets up and starts kind of hitting on him or something. Yeah. And then Rostov proceeds to punch the dude in the stomach. Yeah. Grab the girl's head and in one of the greatest moments of all time, shove her head into the into the uh, table while she's snorting cocaine. Yeah. And I, I literally, I was there going, oh my God, I, I, I bet cokeheads are fucking like throwing up at this point. Yeah. I bet, I, ev- I bet everybody who's ever done cocaine has been worried that yeah, something there, like that Yeah, there was a little part of my soul going... Oh yeah, but then anyway, Rostov grabs the gun, shoots the two bodyguards in the hallway, and then fucking shoots the guy in the dick. Yeah, <laughs> like, but wait, there's more. Yeah, and then just and I was thinking, okay, he shot the guy in the gut, he shot the bodyguard. She's got a straw up in her brainstem. Yeah, you know, you've done enough. Yeah. You don't need to do any more. But then, for no apparent reason, he just, like, clocks her one in the jaw, and she goes out the window. <laughs> he fucks her out the window. Yeah! It, I literally was screaming with laughter. Yeah, me too. It was, like, it, it's so over the top. Yeah, it was so absolutely goddamn-diculous, yeah. I couldn't help but burst out laughing. It's, it's, and all of a sudden, he became the hero for, like, about five minutes in I the mean, movie. that's the thing you need with a good 80s action movie. Yeah. You need excessive violence that... Is presented in just a completely unrealistic way. Yeah, you know, like again, the fact that he just like he made the point to shove that thing down the guy's pants yeah. and shoot the dick off him. Glorious, but because because the way eighties movies are shot, even though it's so goddamn ridiculous, it's shot in that sort of grainy, gritty style. Yeah, it's like that could happen. Yeah, um, which you, we've kind of lost over the years. I think. Yeah, we should we should bring up the fact now that um, Rostov. You might be. You might think you recognize him. Yeah, but he is not actually Roger Howard. No, um, uh, he, he's played by a man named Richard Lynch. Yes. And uh, hang on, I, I must check my notes here. Uh, Richard Lynch was a was a quite successful bit part TV and movie actor. Uh, he had roles in in series like Battlestar Galactica, 
uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, T.J. Hooker. And after this movie, he went on to appear in movies like Scanner Cop, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Oh, shit. And, yeah. Oh, he's the principal. Yeah, he was the principal. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude. I, uh, no, I'm just realizing that now. I, 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 I was trolling, trolling through his IMDb page and it's like, holy shit, he was, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, before he made his last film appearance before his death in uh, 2012 in Lords of Salem. Oh, oh, yeah. I haven't seen Lords of Salem, but I hear it's a piece of garbage. Um, it's not a min- It's it's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a DVD rental. It's well, anyway, Rostov and Homeslice. Yeah, uh, his his buddy. Uh, I don't. I can't really remember his friend's name. Uh, Dimitri. Dimitri was it? No, no. Yeah. It, uh, well, well. At the risk of being racist, we'll call him Boris for Boris, the for uh, the sake of this. Because I know Rostov's first name is Mikhail. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that was just like Gorbachev. They were just like, yeah, oh, whatever, no whatever. Now I'm assuming that he's Russian. Yeah, you know, uh, but they never actually quite s- s- explain it. What happens is we just find out that Chuck Norris wanted to murder him many years ago. Yeah, they there was an incident where. Uh, Rostov, he was he had broken in, stealthed stealthed his way into a compound somewhere, and he was about to he was about to off some dignitary with the most uh, subtle weapon he could find, which happened to be a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. and, he put, uh, which he put a silencer on. <laughs> yeah, he put a silencer on it for no good goddamn reason, and um, all of a sudden we just see Chuck's hand with the gun pointing at him. It's like Rostov. It's time to die. Yeah, that's Chuck's. Uh, that's Chuck's through. line for the movie, and uh, for some reason he doesn't. He doesn't shoot him, but he does kick him in the head. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. I think that was a dream sequence. It could. Yeah. You know, because I'm pretty sure Chuck would have uh, made fucking meat out of him. Yeah, like, even know. with the kick in the head, you're taking your chances with Chuck. But uh, yeah, we, we we see this, and like, so we kind of get the feeling, we get the impression anyway. The filmmakers want to have impression that him. And Rostov, that Chuck and Rostov, Matt Hunter, mm. uh, Chuck's character. Oh, I but, love that name. Uh, but um, uh, but I, I'm just going to refer to him as Chuck because that's who he is. You know, I I don't know. I I I think the the writers deserve points for that name because it's manly as fuck, but it's also a real name. Yeah, yeah, but you I know, mean, it's not Xander Cage or you know, yeah, something like that. But uh, it's actually a bit more believable and kind of badass than John Matrix. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. But and yeah, like anyway, we we get the whole thing where he's like, "I told you, Honky's in the CIA, and I was the best CIA agent the CIA ever had, <laughs> and I don't want to go back and fight in no army or whatever." Chuck doesn't want to basically go back and fight, even though he's like, "I want to murder Rostov." Yeah, you know, and this is the problem I have. Rostov's with Ch- coming back, it's, but it's, I'm not going to fight him. Yeah, it's a problem I have with Chuck. He takes fucking ages to do anything in this movie. Yes, but anyway. After all this, we get one of the most stupid scenes in the film. All right, um, there's a couple uh, playing slap and tickle, as Jim Cornette would put it, yeah. on the beach. And uh, basically, what happens is they're they're just they're getting into some light fingering, yeah, and uh, basically so some heavy rubbing, some yeah, heavy yeah, rubbing, yeah. light fingering. You know, yeah, yeah. it's that stage. The you know, no ass play, yeah. But uh, they're they're getting into a little light fingering. All right. Uh, Fucking, they were locking up, right? Yeah. And uh, they were on the beach, and the guy, uh, the other dude, uh, Baldy Kami, yeah, right? he comes along and murders the two of them cold blood, yeah, right? And uh, that's one thing, but you have no laugh watching Dame Edna or something on the, the weird portable television, yeah. But um, as like the 
they do that and uh, then the invasion force comes in now you can tell that this movie doesn't have a huge budget because the invasion force is just like 20 dudes yeah <laughs> you know it's like about it's about 5 or 6 boats and just as many extras as they can horse yeah, in there yeah yeah a bunch of dudes they picked up from the local biker bar yeah and like people who looked vaguely foreign yeah and yeah when we say foreign we yeah. don't mean Russian no we mean we mean from everywhere yeah they just look you know there's probably a couple of lads from Chantilly yeah. just rolling up the like there's Eastern Europeans in there there's yeah. Hispanic people there's Asian I'm not. I, basically, I think, basically, it's just communistica. No, no basically, what, anyone a middle class white family who rented a tape on a Saturday night would be afraid of. Yeah, you know uh, that kind of thing, and their commies as well. Mm. You know, so uh, that's you know. But then the thing, this thing, and I was just there going, that's what he's doing. When it's this weird moment of like Cronenberg body horror, where the guys are running, they're running, the, the soldiers are running onto the to the beach to invade America. Uh, and they just run over this couple's body, yeah. and it's just you get the sound of their b- legs snapping underneath their. Yeah, boots. that was. It's kind of fucking gross. Like, yeah, you know? I I have some serious issues with this scene because this is clearly just thrown in for a little bit of titillation, which yeah. is a which is a canon trope. Let's be honest. Yeah, but the thing is, it was very light on actual titillation. You yeah. didn't see shit. I, mean, I think we've got Chuck Norris's Christian beliefs to protect us from. Uh, well, see that that's the thing. You do see a bit of boobs in later scenes. You know when they're going into bars and stuff like that. Yeah, there's girls dancing on the tables and I know, but there's no like. There's no, uh, there's no sexual violence in this movie. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, uh, which is, you know, if Michael Winner had directed this, it would have opened with Chuck Norris riding over a river of sexual violence. Yeah, uh, but um, it would have just been that scene for an hour and a half, and then fifteen minutes of of Chuck kicking people in the face. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I digress. Uh, we do. They invade America by literally running over John and Jane America. Yeah. on the beach in the middle of a bit of bit of life fingering but uh, then the best thing in the world happens when Rostov goes right I got my boys mm. I'm gonna go attack Chuck Norris's shack and uh, yeah he there is an awesome shot the first rocket Rostov fires at the shack you can tell is a real rocket yes. in the shack <laughs> they, they cut too quick because mm. it clearly doesn't blow the place up but it fucking hits the shack. It's a yeah. rocket hitting a shack. And they, this is one of the truly great bits about this. They use live rockets when and where they could. Yeah, it's and it's fucking awesome. Knowing the knowing what I learned about Menachem and Yoram, uh, they're probably like you know fucking Israeli like Mossad surplus rockets <laughs> that they just like you know that they, they they smuggled out of the country in film cans and they were just like yeah. <laughs> But um, sort of like a weird Argo version of, yeah, of reality yeah, yeah. here. Now. <laughs> but they were just like, yeah. let's just blow up a shack in Florida. Now I, I have I have issues with this. See again, you know, because apparently they're building it up that Rostov he's he's a bit afraid of Hunter. Yeah, and he decides that the best possible thing to do would be to provoke him. Yeah, yeah, and of course. Uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck's ethnic mate, who's yeah. only had like one scene in the movie, whose name is literally like Eagle. Yeah, John Eagle. Yeah, uh, his, uh, his sounds na- like a fucking gun. His Native American <laughs> friend, John Eagle. Yeah, you know, we all know eighties action movie ethnic friend means death. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I knew it as soon as he appeared on screen. And wouldn't you know it? Five minutes later, I was proven right. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And 
Uh, but there was this brilliant bit, like after the after it's blown up, where he just carries uh, John Eagle back into the shack, what's yeah. left of the shack, and then just chucks a bomb, you know, and then just sets the whole fucking thing on fire. Sends him like, to Valhalla. Yeah. Like, doesn't this man have family who might want to say their goodbyes? Or nah, fuck him. <laughs> he, he's not a real American. <laughs> he's one of these fake OG Americans. Yeah. Yeah. How dare he be in America before it was America? Well, if you hear, if you remember earlier on in the film, uh, the guy, Chuck was insinuating that the guy had problems with the tax office, the, uh, yeah. the IRS, and uh, basically Chuck was probably there going, ah, fuck it, we'll just write him off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're probably come chasing his estate for fucking back taxes. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, he's not white, so he get the Wesley Snipes treatment. Yeah, and you don't want that. His family you get fucked, like, you know. Mm. But, uh, so anyway, this, uh, they freezered him, if I can use some modern, uh, some modern fucking internet fucking discourse. They freezer his friend, which is a good thing. Uh, if you, I actually got that from the uh, the Feminist Frequency videos. Yeah, the freezer. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, where your one talks about, like, freezering uh, a girlfriend or a, yeah. a friend, like, you know, to motivate Whitey into action. Oh, like, yeah. You know? So they, they freezer bomb this guy. And uh, freezer time. Huh! Sorry, but um, <laughs> they, they freezer him, and uh, then uh, Chuck is like, "Right, I'm fucking, I'm on now." But it's, he still takes his time, and uh, he takes he, he signs up for the CIA again. Yeah. He, he he punches his clock, and uh, basically in that time, while Chuck is wasting his fuck, just lollygagging around Florida yeah. burying his, the burnt charred corpse of his friends right Rostov and his mates go to America Street yeah. which is just the most suburban uh, like and America Street probably doesn't sound like a joke to any American right. listeners because I, recently I was in Long Island and I was literally on a street called New York Avenue yeah I was like that's a joke I would make about New York State yeah they, this is 1950s America yeah. Avenue that somehow made it into a 1985 like, action movie there's kids playing yeah there is families putting a Christmas tree up yeah there is a bit of light fingering in yeah. a car Right. What, what was odd to me was the kids were playing right beside that car and yeah. none of them stopped to watch. No, 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 they no. They clearly, the, you know, Menachem and uh, Joe Zito clearly don't know children. No, if no. If that's the case. They'd be, they'd be, they'd be putting an old, uh, an old spying eye in to Absolutely. see if they could spot your man just uh, gently paw the tail off that yeah. poor young woman. But, um, Which would be the height of eroticism for the, yeah. a child that age. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we, we're on America Avenue and Rostov and his boy turn up and go, don't these fuckers make you sick and break out the rockets yeah. and blow the fucking street up yes for real because as I'm sure you're aware yeah uh, that street was due to be demolished uh, to make way for a highway so Menachem and Yoram the fucking geniuses that they are managed to negotiate the rights to the city council for them to come in and blow up this street for real now when you when you say negotiated the rights I think it was more sort of like slip them a tenner and look the other way <laughs> yeah but that's that was that's what I'm talking. I fucking love carny fuckers yeah like the fucking <laughs> like the cannon boys who just like go fuck it man they probably just went can we film a scene here and found Found out about the destruction. <laughs> <laughs> and just went, fuck it, blow it up. If they, yes. you know what I mean, uh, like just fuck him. You know, yeah. and uh, if they like, they're not going. Better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Yeah, you know. Uh, but anyway, they, it's it's a it's a badass scene, oh. and uh, 
afterwards we go from America Avenue to fucking Bad Street USA where Chuck Norris is driving his pickup truck mm. uh, down what can basically be described as a boulevard of hookers and bikers and, and pimps and and uh, near the wells yeah and they're all looking at the camera as if the camera was on the back of a flatbed truck and they didn't know it was going to be going through their street yeah it's not like they're reacting to chuck because this is not a reaction you, you give to just a dude driving down the street chuck's uh, bound down the street because uh, he's going to get some um he's going to get some fucking weapons basically mm. he wants to tool up when he takes on these guys but before that um we got ahead of ourselves there was a scene again i thought this was another uh, documentary scene just placed into my movie where a bunch of cops just roll up and brutalize a bunch of cuban immigrants yeah. and the, you know and i was there going i mean again we, we all know the news yeah. I, I was thinking this could have just been Reagan era policing yeah, they, where like, they're going look at lads there's two, there's enough of these fuckers in America going in there yeah like the, the two the two cops just get out of the car uh, one guy comes over and like hey why are you why are you messing with our good time and he just and the two of them just shotgun everyone yeah in that they can that they can hit with the as just like bang, 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 and then they just run. Yeah, and then the real cops show up because it was Rostov's men all along. Yeah. See, it's a swerve, bro. It's a swerve. I still am not sure if Rostov isn't just like a Reagan sleeper agent, though. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, because basically at this point in time, it's actually kind of subtle filmmaking where they're just there going, "Look, they're terrorists," yeah. and they're subtly trying to turn America against you know like the cops yeah. and every you know trying to make America eat itself alive. But um, again, we still don't really know why, though. They just don't like America. They're not. It's actually well put together, but in that respect, like the way they, they film it. But at the same time, we don't really know where they're from or you know why they really want to do it. Yeah. But uh, we never hear any backstory on these guys. Yeah. You know? And all the while, Chuck Norris is idling down Bad Street, USA. Yeah. You know, like. Anyway, he gets to meet his buddy, and his buddy tells him he has no patience. I'm like, son, you clearly have no idea who Matt Hunter is. You know, he has an abundance of patience. Yeah, his patience, sorry, has meant the deaths of countless yeah uh, Americans and, and him doing sweet fuck all in the first twenty minutes of this movie. Yeah, but thankfully, after this, he tools up and goes to town. Oh God, yes. Uh, at first, he he shakes down a brothel. Yeah, and uh, he. Basically gets his dick out and uh, scares a dude away uh, because he's he's shaking down one guy who's one of Rostov's uh, boys and um, he shakes down Rostov's boys. Then he gets the they go and get what can only be described as like a muscle dude mm. to come in and the two of them have a bit of a scrap. But basically, what happens is Chuck gets information of this guy and he finds out that they're going to blow up a shopping mall. And uh, when I was uh, watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, like, I bet Chuck Norris was writing this movie and was there going, I bet, like, you know, like, can you imagine these terrorists would come in here and attack the beating heart of America, the shopping center? You know, <laughs> this is like the unironic version of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It's like the complete opposite side of the country, where it's there going, look at these horrible people. No, look, don't get me wrong, right? Attacking a shopping center is a horrible thing to yeah. do. But the way this is done is they're going, how dare they attack consumerism? You, <laughs> you, you, mi- you missed a great bit in this. 
you, you mentioned the, the cock waving, and there was an admittedly truly awesome cock waving line in this. Mm-hmm. When the first guy comes in to say to save Rostov's boy, and he ju- he smacks someone, and he just goes, "You come back, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left." That's the one. That's yeah. fucking <laughs> awesome. But uh, he's the start. Yeah, anyway, but this leads us to our first great action sequence. At this yeah, um, where Chuck Norris. Foils a bombing of a foils the destruction of a shopping mall by destroying a shopping yeah. mall. <laughs> like he just whips out two fucking Uzis and starts shooting up this that place. We didn't know he had. Yeah, yeah. With co- with a weird Uzi bra. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he blows the fucking place up. The guys are like, they're clearly like rattled at this point because they're like, oh shit, he's he's got us, like you yeah. know. And it's like they they fire. It's classic A team shit where like they're shooting you know million bullets at him and neither of the, none of them fucking hit him. Yeah. But uh, we get this, we get this insane chase sequence, and this is actually the time when the music first gets good in this movie mm. because uh, basically what happens is. The fucking like the eighty synth occurs yeah. for the first time, and a truck is chasing the the truck uh, after he again destroys the entire uh, uh, shopping mall, and uh, yeah, basically he shoots his way out, shoots up half of America on the way, <laughs> but thankfully kills like three guys. Yeah, we're all the better for not having these dudes in the world. Anymore. And this is kind of the pattern for the rest of the movie, yeah. where it's like Chuck Norris uh, and the you know the American. Um, establishment blowing up America to save America. Yeah, Rostov finds out who sold the guys out, mm. shoots the dick off another dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. You obviously told Hunter. What did he say? Tell him it's time to die. Yeah, I. Uh, sorry, I am gonna fucking beat this into the ground because that's just, you know, I think it's just the repetition of it that makes it fucking awesome. Yeah, you know that that and Chuck's come entirely unironic delivery of it every yeah. single time like he means it he's actually been counting the seconds yeah he's like, like I've worked out my calendar says today is the day yeah like he, he's you know all this all this acting and emoting and walking to places yeah. that's just preamble to Chuck he's, that's why he's taking his time yeah because he's there going it's not time to die it's not yet. it's not yet but it soon will be yeah yeah oh man that's amazing <laughs> This movie has completely changed in my yeah, head. Yeah, it's working on so many different levels. Yeah, yeah, it's like cancer or something. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, it's like a fucking, uh, you know, he is like a, the slow rot yeah. that occurred to the um, to the Soviet economy. Yeah. You know, he's there going, look, it's not time yet, yeah. but it will be time. But it's coming. And, uh, but Which yeah. is kind of what, what was going on in 1985 as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> But, uh, works on so many levels. It does. It's a deep movie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, again, I, at this point, I was wondering myself, why didn't they send the U.S. Army in to deal with these terrorists? Yeah, they, like, this is a question that kind of bugged me as well. Because there's a lot of them. Mm. I mean, there's like twenty guys at the beginning, but there seems like I'm one of them. By the way, I must point out was the, one of the three storms from the Big Trouble in Little China movie. Yeah, which I mean, that's a dangerous dude. That's a dangerous. Yeah, you know, but um. Anyway, like we get to this point where like it's it, this film is very disjointed, whereas like again Chuck takes his time because it's not time to die, yeah. and uh, he gets to <laughs> the point where like out of nowhere he gets wind of a school bus attack, and uh, yeah, which we have 
we have we get no background on. No. Like we know he's driving along the highway. Like we see the the terrorists plant the bomb. Yeah. Like they attach it to the school bus and they're all inside singing, you know, uh, the wheels on the bus go around and round because yeah. it's idyllic and American and all that sort and of thing. Yeah. Royalty free. And royalty free, exactly. But Chuck comes out of nowhere and at no point in this film has did anyone say oh by the way Chuck we're going to bomb a school bus yeah. you know, he just <laughs> arrives out of nowhere right you know what happened because yeah. he stood up on a mountain right? yeah. and the beard blew the wrong way Yeah, and he went I sense danger <laughs> exactly <laughs> and, uh, and what See, they, this is one of those Chuck Norris facts moments where he just where he stops being a bad dude and starts being Superman, and it just kind of it destroys it for a little bit. Also, yeah, through a mix of bad editing mm. and just Chuckness, right? <laughs> he manages to manipulate time because the, there's clearly he's taking too long. We see like twenty oh, I, seconds. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, there's twenty seconds left on the clock, but it takes him longer than twenty seconds to yeah. get the the the, the thing is on the bus. It's twenty seconds down. It takes him at least 45 seconds yeah. to take the bomb, Easily put it in his own car, drive up and dump it in the next car. And you know say why? his witty line as well. Yeah, do, do you know why? Yeah. Because it wasn't time to die. Because Chuck Norris, <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris in this movie yeah. is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, he, chooses, <laughs> he, he controls time and it's time to die. Yeah, he, That's, he experiences time. Yeah. And he clearly is unkillable. So... Mm. He's aware of everyone else's time to die yeah. because he can't die. Because he sees time as a four-dimensional thing that he uses to kill people. Yeah. That's... <laughs> there, there's um, there's not some people in the world that he doesn't yeah. fight, he just hates. Yeah. And he's like, time will kill you. There, there, was, there was that other scene. Um, one thing I love about this... Um, one thing I love about these terrorists is they... Abs- they just attack Americana. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like they have the suburban homes. Mm-hmm. They have like you know they, the they, mall. Yeah, the mall. They have like the the ghetto dance hall. You know, and they also attack a church. Oh, of course, you you know the bit I'm talking about where they where they brought in like martial law and all that, and you just see a family. Yeah, uh, and you just see a family kind of sneak away to church because you know in Chuck Norris's America that's what you damn well do. Oh yeah, you pray those yeah. bastards in this country. <laughs> the terrorists they leave a suitcase bomb just outside the door. Yeah, of the church, and you, there's this brilliant Wiley Coyote moment where the guy he's 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 reeling out the wire and he's just about to he pushes down on the plunger and nothing. And then all of a sudden, Chuck arrives with the suitcase on the roof of the building beside them. Couldn't get it working, huh? Chucks it down. Hot wires the bomb. Now it'll work. Boom! Big question. Yeah. When did Chuck switch the bombs? That's what... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or did Chuck just, like, stare that other bomb into submission I, and then have his own bomb? No, no. See, as well as, as, well as owning's, you know... Because he ma- he has mastered time, yeah. You know he can nick that bomb, you know, climb up. He can freeze time, you know, like Zach Morris and Saved by the Bell. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. That's how you know. Okay, <laughs> he's time man. Yeah. Time to die. And, uh, <laughs> he's Jesus. an anti-hero. It's like Looper, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, you know. only with a slightly better actor. Hey, oh, oh no, <laughs> stiff shot. But um, who, who are you taking a shot at there? Um, oh, Brucey? No, Hayden. Hayden? Oh, oh no, I'm thinking You're of jumping. Yeah, sorry. Jesus. Sorry. 
Kind of a looper, man. Oh, my bad. But, uh, no, 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 no better. But, uh, yeah, we, he foils the, the, the church thing. And then there's like a sting on Chuck because like uh, the police uh, arrest him. But this is all so Chuck can arrange a weird kind of like sting operation. Yeah. He go, the, first of all, the news, like Rostov should have known the fix was in, right? Because can you imagine like a mass murder and vigilante being given primetime news to yeah. say whatever he wants? And he gets on the news and tells Rostov, it's time to die. Yeah. And, and this and this message is delivered without any context to the people who might be watching yeah. on the t- on the TVs at home. Yeah. Like um Now in fairness, if there was a bunch of terrorists killing people, yeah. right? And some bearded badass just started murdering them, yeah. I think maybe the news might give him a little bit of time. Oh yeah, yeah. You know But if he just used that to say, It's time to die uh, without any context. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you, Rostov, I kicked you in the face in your dream earlier. Yeah. I know that because I was in because I was there. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I accepted you. <laughs> <laughs> he owns he runs time and dreams now. This oh is man, we gotta get the we gotta recut this movie like a trailer with yeah. the actual track time from Inception <laughs> playing over it, you know? Wow. But uh yeah uh, uh, he he incepted uh, Rostov, <laughs> but uh, the uh, anyway, we, like he does that. It's to set up a sting operation. So basically, what happens is uh, Rostov and the boys yeah. <laughs> get they, they round up yeah. all the foreigners and bikers and Judas Priest fans yeah. and commies that are in Miami, and they're like, he's in the police station. Let's rush the fucker, mm. right? So they all get in there and. Uh, then they they get in the building and they're oh actually sorry they burst in the building and this features one of the most dangerous looking stunts I've ever seen Mm. where a car like an armored vehicle bursts in through uh, like the what, the, yeah, the, the bay it, door yeah. and this guy looks like he legitimately gets murdered yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it, they, it it looks like a sleeping bag full of cranberries being run over yeah it, it's, it, it's fucking hard the guy just gets blown back I do, yeah, I'm sure like it's horrific he probably took out Monocum's legs behind the camera probably yeah you know, it, it's amazing you gotta check that stunt out like it's so dangerous it's like something out of a Mad Max movie or something yeah but um the they rush the building only to find the place is empty why? Because Chuck has used his CIA connection because he's the best CIA agent the CIA ever had. And um, he uh, used the CIA connections to basically empty the building and leave the most dangerous terrorists in the world to him on his own. Yeah. And uh, outside the building, um, uh, Rostov's, the rest of his, his, his putties, his foot soldiers, shall we mm. say, they all run into the combined might of the US Army, which, yeah. just like Chuck, took their sweet fucking time and turning it They off. fucking did, no. And then what happens is, if it was, it's almost like the Wild Bunch, where there's just like a massacre. Yeah. You know? Uh, oh, well, that's going on outside. Yeah. Chuck Norris is doing the Arkham Asylum thing to the terrorists inside. He is, yeah. Well, he's, he's stealthing them the whole way. And also, like, well, as stealthy as you can be with tech nines. Yeah, well, well, yeah, with a fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> but uh, he basically kicks the shit out of everybody mm. and um, bails in to the place. And it comes down to him and Rostov. There is an absolutely brilliant bit just before the Rostov uh, confrontation, mm-hmm. where uh, Chuck finally runs out of ammo with his Tech-9s. Yeah. 
and he takes off he takes off the Tech Nine bra and he leaves it down. And there's actually a little bit of reverence in his yeah. movements. Like he's very gentle with how he leaves down the guns. It's sort of like, I'll miss you guns. Yeah. And then he just grabs another gun and he's on his way. There there's this kind of like you know, maybe like again, I don't want to be completely political, but like those are Israeli weapons. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> you know, maybe like Menachem was there going, fucking like good night, sweet prince. <laughs> you know, no, no, he's he's fighting for all things Americana. You know, like nineteen fifties suburbs yeah. and you know uh, Cuban dance halls and tech nines. We get to a fight with Rostov finally. All right, it's time. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> All right, and uh, we get to the fight with Rostov, and Rostov is essentially like just jobbed out. Like Chuck yeah. Norris in the world's most flexible pair of jeans. Yes, uh, kicks the shit out of Rostov, mm. and uh, basically Rostov doesn't get an offensive move in. Yeah, on. and he's toying with them by the end of it because yeah. he beats the shit out of them. The then right. he just disappears for a second. Yeah. And then, you know why? Because yeah. it wasn't time. It wasn't time. <laughs> but, uh, but a minute later, Rostov, he's going through He's going through the office building. He's got his rocket launcher in hand. Mm-hmm. And we just see Chuck sneak up behind him with the rocket launcher of his own. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know yeah. about this movie. Chuck Norris stealths a guy with a, a rocket, rocket launcher. launcher. <laughs> and he <laughs> just pulls out the thing. It's time. <laughs> Boom. Uh, Rostov blows out the window. Rostov ceases yeah. to have form. That's yeah. the best way I can describe it. He gets it. broken down to his component particles. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> he also gets Dr. Manhattan. Yes. Uh, and In a very real and very visceral sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's the great thing. That's where it ends. You know, then it's just like cut, cut to credits. There, there's nothing of we we didn't even mention the reporter. Jake. No, well, you see, that's the thing. Yeah, she's completely unimportant. She's completely superfluous. Yeah. to the plot. There is a reporter throughout the movie, and uh, basically, she's just there to pad the movie yeah. out. But if this was like a Jason Statham movie, there'd be some awkward bit of flirty banter between no, the two of them. Chuck ain't got shit. For Chuck her. ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, I've murdered the bad guy. You know. That's a wrap. Yeah. We're taking it to the pay window. She has that, no impact on the on the plot. Absolutely. She's a reporter who doesn't report on anything. Yeah. I mean, look, I liked her. She yeah. had that kind of weird 80s woman attitude. Like, yeah. You know, she, she was like a, a glow wrestler or something. Yeah, like, she, you know? she was one of those sort of stereotypical 80s tough chicks. Yeah. You know? And but, I, I kind of dig that. But at the same time, like, there was... Nothing for her really to do. Yeah. Nothing for the cops to really to well, do. Well, to be honest, there they was come in and drop a little bit of exposition yeah. every now and then. But there, there was no room for anything feminine in this no, movie no, whatsoever. No. The, this was this was all about you know occasional bits of boob, uh, flexing and firing at things. Yeah. That was all this movie is. And honestly, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. No, I'll say this. As far as a, a movie is goes, okay, yeah. it's edited kind of sloppily in places. Absolutely. Uh, the music was a little bit kind of... Because um, I'd never seen Invasion USA before yeah. I watched this. And I was expecting some 80s synth goodness. You know that I love me some yeah. 80s synth. I will go around just listening to Vince DiCola all day. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, to my great fucking annoyance at you times. Know, I, will, I will... I'll put on a little bit of Van Hagar. Yeah, you know? And... It a lot of a lot of the time the soundtrack just it felt like uh it felt like the B sides to the Warriors soundtrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing is, 
Canon have some fantastic 80s soundtracks. Absolutely. Like, the Alan Silvestri score to a movie we will fucking get to, all right? Yeah. Delta Force yes. is fucking Dear awesome. Dear sweet Jesus, yes. All right, but like, this movie just didn't have anything music-wise, apart from, like, the few seconds of synth at the um, at the mall shootout. Uh, so, other than that, like, it, it's not a very well-put-together movie. It's not a well-written movie. Yeah. It's not a well-scored movie. But... It's still a pretty fucking good movie. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I get the sense that this film was rushed, yeah. like in in post production. Yeah, and if they gave it like a little bit more time to breathe, you know, and cut it so it made a little bit more sense, it would have been a far better film. But that being said, it's a cho- you know it's Chuck Norris. It's nineteen eighty five. You only get about like five six years of these kind of movies. Yeah, and this is a prime example of them. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. I mean, uh, I think one of the gimmicks we're going to do mm. on this uh, on this show is uh, whether we would recommend uh, these movies. Uh, because let's face it, right? I mean, and one of the reasons that I wanted I wanted to address like the the more abhorrent uh, elements <laughs> of canon films is because I wouldn't want someone like we're not going to discuss them at length, but we're not going to like just flash over the minor we have to make mention because i wouldn't want someone to listen to this and then go oh i'm gonna watch dead wish tree that sounds like a lot of fun and then you're confronted with like 15 minute gang rapes yeah and, and you, i don't i don't want to get the angry message from a fr- from friends of mine saying i heard you talk about this movie yeah why on earth did i just wa- did i just watch that you know i'm gay and you had me watch bo derrick for 90 minutes yeah it's yeah, like yeah. it's nothing for me there we're going to have to just kind of yeah we're gonna have to address yeah. all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know but so, uh, basically what we're going to say is would we recommend it and you know are, is it worth watching because I love canon mm. but there's an awful lot of fucking trash in yeah. the canon you know like they made bad movies mm. now some of them are so bad they're great but some of them are just boring Yeah, and we're going to cut into this but uh, basically would you recommend Invasion USA as a movie you'd watch with your mates at about like three o'clock in the morning when you're all hammered, mm-hmm. I abs I I would definitely give it a thumbs up. Yeah. However, considering it's you know it's an eighties action movie, you have to judge it by the by standards the movies the by the standards of the time. So it's going up against films like Cobra, Commando, things things like that, mm-hmm. and it doesn't hold up against those movies. No. However. As a, as a movie, as a standalone, not comparing it to any of those, it's yeah. an enjoyable film that you would that you would really like when you're hammered. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Much like a lot of Canon's output, it's like yeah. it's like those movies. Yes, it, you know, it's I mean? not quite those movies. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you've watched all, like, if you're a kid who's only getting into '80s action now, you know, like say, like you're yeah. a teenager or whatever. Oh, I'd highly recommend it. Then. Yeah, like once you get through Commando, once you get through Predator, mm. and uh, you know, like uh, all the great 80s irony stuff yeah yeah then give Invasion USA a go don't yeah. let this movie be your introduction to 80s action oh, God, but no. once you're into 80s action definitely give it a watch uh, because it is fun are there are there any special circumstances in which you'd recommend this um, yeah wedding night I would I would have <laughs> it for um, anyone who's about our age yeah. uh, who has a younger brother that you're really worried is going to turn into a complete and utter wuss yeah Show oh. them this movie. Oh, if you are a hipster, yeah, you should probably watch this movie. Yeah, 
just to see what's coming to you if just I ever see, get my way. No, just to see, just to see <laughs> if you can actually enjoy something kind of bad. Uh, genuinely yeah on an unironic level because yeah. I truly enjoyed this and that's on the thing, an unironic I, I think level. we're going to leave with this uh, this sentiment alright we will be discussing the canon movies mm. the canon canon if you will mm. right? this is n- we do not have an honor we have an unironic love of canon I fucking love canon pictures I love really, I, I love the logo I love everything about them <laughs> And I'm looking forward to discussing it with everybody, with the world, hopefully. And uh, basically, if uh, if you're watching these movies along with us, uh, we would love for you to get in contact with us and tell us what you thought about it. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Johnny Capcom, and uh, if you if you direct your uh, your stuff to me, and I can be found at at Robot House Sean. Okay, well there you yeah. go. I didn't know you had a Twitter. All right. <laughs> But um, I barely use it. But yeah, come on. but uh, yeah, basically, let us know what you thought about it. Uh, we might set up a Twitter for this show. Uh, but and if there and if there are any particularly good comments, we will we will oh, read yeah. them out. We would love to know what you've got to think about. It. Uh, we hope that you persevere with this episode, and we hope you enjoyed it because this will be the shittest episode. Yeah, because uh, I I realized like we were zipping over stuff and whatever else. Yeah, but uh, we we're still finding our feet. But uh, I think it'll be a really fun listen. Um, obviously if we are on iTunes or whatever else feel free to subscribe I'm not going to beg you for reviews uh, but if you want to leave one do uh, but just stick with us uh, we're going to do some more movies soon uh, including our next film which is Breaking Motherfucker yes which stars one of my heroes Ice Motherfucking T bitch yes alright and uh, The movie that's fresh and hot with high energy. Dancing to the beat with a scratch mix sound comes from the street. This movie is unique. You've got the talent. She ain't no street dancer. So go and tell your peers the movie you run for is finally here. With action, style, and beautiful girls. People don't procrastinate. See the show, don't hesitate. And see how one young girl contacts the street dance world. Looking at death, man. Come on, sucker, right now. She was good. I'm better. Who do you think you are anyway, Fred Astaire? Who? Don't be mistaken, you've got to see breaking. We're going to get to breaking because we want to jump into, like, we've done action and we're going to do way more action. So oh, if you want to hear us talk about Death Wish and American Ninja and all that, it's coming. You know, uh, but we we want to get into the musicals like the, the Apple and Breaking. We want to get into teen comedies like The Last American Virgin and stuff like that. We want to get into just like the Lambada. Yeah. We want to get into the lot. And I want to get deep into the tit movies. <laughs> Is there like an International Women's Day? We should release like all of them. I would just bore Derek Day. Well, she is an international woman. She is indeed, yeah. An international woman of nudity. (laughs) 
Uh, we won't be talking about two. We won't be talking about all of them, but we'll talk about some of them. Yeah. And if you're out there, if you're like a connoisseur of the Emmanuel series, mm. and you know of any particularly funny or weird ones, just please let us know, and we'll we'll jump into it. Like you know, but uh, basically, we hope that you had fun listening to this episode. Mm. We hope that um, you'll join us for further ventures into the canon canon. Mm. And uh, have you got anything to sign off on, John? It's time. Yeah, it's time for me to eat some fucking dinner. Me too. Anyway, um, I will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll uh, talk to you all next time. Hope you'll join us for breaking. And uh, yeah, uh, fucking just uh, yep. steer clear of Michael Winter. I've been Sean Sheridan. He's been Johnny Capcom. We've been the Canon Cannon. Yeah. And, uh, Live your life. It's not my child. <laughs> <laughs>